my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's time for the moment of the show where we want to pay our respects. Uh, we lost Kobe Bryant, y'all. So here's our discussion with David Mitchell. Stay tuned for more. This is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. Stay tuned. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, Mr. David Mitchell of Music Industry Quarterly, uh, the black mama, man. Can you sum it up uh, before we let you go? What, what's the main well, takeaway we can take from this, I, I, of this life? I'm sure like you, I, I've watched a lot of footage 
you know, and I mean, it's, I hear a lot about, you know, girl dad hashtag, you know, him being a family man and, and basically mentoring his daughter into basketball. I've also heard a lot about Mamba mentality. And I think that was another thing that I thought Kobe was on the verge of becoming, like I said, not just this master storyteller, but uh, one who could give these master class in motivational speaking. And you, 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 you heard a lot of that, you know, that Mamba mentality, being the best you can be, the work ethic, the drive, you know, and he would always say, and it, it doesn't matter whatever your passion is, you know, if you're a painter, if you're a fisherman, it, it just doesn't matter, you know, go all out in whatever it is that drives you. And I think that's what people appreciated about him, that he didn't cheat the game, he didn't cheat the audience, that he went all out and worked every night to be the best he could be and made us all better for it. Yes. And just one other thing that I saw too, I, 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 the con- connectivity that we have, you know, I mean, when I see, you know, we haven't had sports figures like him pass away in such a tragic way and, 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 and you know, and in the prime of their lives. I mean, so the only people I can really compare this to is like a Michael Jackson or a Prince, uh, right. a Princess Diana, you know, uh, someone of those kind of magnitude. So it's a little bit different. But because this is sports and sports is such a male driven platform, we're seeing a lot of men out there, grown men crying, mourning, bringing them together. Yeah. And I think that's the, uh, just seeing men wear their emotions on their sleeve for a change. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's something that's, that's well needed. And I think it's something, you know, where we're sitting and we're able to evaluate our own lives and our own mortality, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Something, you know, that's one of the good things I think that's come out of all of this is that people are reflecting. Stay tuned, y'all. This is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Roan. We'll be right back after this. Yes, we're continuing on Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com. We're continuing to discuss the life and legacy of the late, great Kobe Bryant. And we're joined now by the great Steve Kim of ESPN. Steve Kim, joining us. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Oh, we are cool and the gang. Well, uh, we've been talking about this. Uh, you're an Angelino. You're still down there. Uh, what's been the vibe like in the uh, the wake of this uh, tragic loss of Kobe Bean Bryant? You know, as we're speaking here, DJ Rome, it's it's almost uh, going to be a full week, almost basically right. an hour since this tragedy occurred. I'll say this, that that particular Sunday, specifically, it, it was, uh, you could feel the energy in our city go down. Um, I'm not so sure everyone's a basketball fan, not sure everyone's a Lakers fan, or even specifically a Kobe fan, but it was palpable, the loss to our city. He really did mean that much. And if you saw what took place the past week near Staples Center at the LA Live facility, the way people reacted to it and then also on social media i mean it dominated the news scope that an icon had died you know i don't think the death of a celebrity had really affected me in any way since whitney houston because because you know she was in the prime of her life but the difference was with whitney there were kind of some foreshadowing that maybe this wasn't going to end well 
what makes it so tragic with Kobe is that he actually seemed to be making more contributions to our society um, post-retirement away from the Lakers in many other ways and had become a full-formed 360-degree human being who had many great contributions still to make. And to see it just uh, struck down, um, it's really sad. I think that's the sad part. I think we all enjoyed his basketball. We got a lot out of it. We got 20 great years. And, you know, look, at his age, what was it, 41, mm. in many ways he's still beginning his life. His, his life as an athlete had come to a close on a natural conclusion. But I think that's what really saddens people, that he really had seemed to find peace and happiness and was spreading that um, – through other aspects of his life. Yeah, he sure was. You make an interesting point by bringing in uh, people like Whitney Houston, who, as you said, people kind of knew that uh, the struggle was very real for her and that she was battling her own personal demons. And to your point about people in other walks of life, I talked to uh, San Antonio Spurs fans and uh, even my wife, who was uh, always had become accustomed to rooting against Kobe Bryant. She felt it. So what can you say about how transcendent he was for people who weren't necessarily a fan, who may not live in California or be from L.A.? Uh, what does that say about how transcendent his legacy has become? Well, it said one thing, um, that he certainly was one of the greatest players of all time, maybe the greatest player of this particular generation. But he was also very polarizing because, you know, let's go back to the early career of Kobe. Came in as his whiz kid, took Brandy to the prom, but the first couple of years, wow. the Lakers with Shaq, yeah. um, you know, he, he was kind of, there was two factions. I am a lifelong Laker fan, DJ Rome. Yes. People don't realize half the Laker fans, I'm not saying they didn't like him, but they were aligned with Shaquille O'Neal. And if you remember that first three-peat, I mean, there was always this debate over who's worth more, who's more valuable, quote, unquote, whose team with was it? Right. Which didn't really exist with Magic. And Kareem, it was everyone's team. Um, and so there was always a group of Laker fans that I don't know if they ever fully embraced Kobe, but then there's other faction of fans that worship Kobe. Mm-hmm. And so it always became this tug of war between who got more credit. And then there was also a lot of people who felt as though he was a Michael Jordan knockoff, which I thought was a little bit unfair. And they were always going to hold that against him because Michael Jordan certainly has his group of avid followers. So I've always thought that was interesting. But, you know, Kobe at his best, um, and I would say that was sometime during the last championship with uh, Shaquille O'Neal going into the time that they got Kyle Gasol where they started winning again. Yes. About a six, seven-year stretch, he was special. I mean, DJ Rome, we're talking about a guy that scored 81 points in an NBA game. There was at least two or three other games he could have had that same type of number, but they pulled him out from games early because they were blowouts. He had this one stretch where he went eight straight games by scoring 40 points in a row. I remember one of those stretches in a four-game stretch, not only did he score 40 points consecutively, he had two games of 60-plus points in the modern NBA. Wow. And this was before all the three-point shooting that we've seen the last six, seven years. The guy was amazing, and over time – I don't think I've seen an L.A. athlete since maybe Magic Johnson that had the ultimate loyalty of Kobe Bean Bryant. And I think the way we reacted this past week was real evidence of that. Yeah, absolutely. 
It's interesting. I mean, I'm from LA too, Steve. Is when you say he was a polarizing figure, you're absolutely right. Just in terms of LA, I mean, I know we're talking about the Lakers, but even the Clippers. I mean, if you're if you are down with the Lakers and the Clippers happen to be doing well and the Lakers get eliminated from the playoffs, those Laker fans don't then cheer for the Clippers <laughs> and vice versa. Right. It's funny how that Right, happens. exactly. You know, but I think if you are – here's the one thing I think people have to universally respect about Kobe, whether they like him or not. Mm-hmm. I don't recall of an athlete that had that much ability that worked that hard. Maybe Michael Jordan had that um, incredible work ethic, but just the fact that now the quote-unquote Mamba mentality is a thing, and it had nothing to do with basketball or natural ability – you know, and like the one thing you can control is effort and how much you work at something. And Kobe Bryant was a guy with incredible skills who worked at his game, at his craft, like he was a walk-on, like he was the last guy on the bench. And it's very rare. And I think that's the example that that he really left to society as a whole, to empty the bucket is to not waste any of your potential God-given gifts, is to really cherish them and to continue to add on to them. And, you know, I think we can all relate to that, you know, that if you are lucky enough to do something that you love in life and it is your life's passion, don't squander it. Cherish it. That you, if you're lucky enough that you don't have to really have a job that you hate and you never really work a day in your life, Mm-hmm. Kobe loved that. You know, it's interesting, DJ Rome. I always thought Kobe would have problems with retirement because I don't know if he could ever find the fulfillment or be as content without basketball. Lucky for him, he had found it through his daughter, through his other projects, business yes. interests. And he was just beginning to really feel comfortable with that. And he seemed like such a happy person. And, you know, it's really heartbreaking is uh, you see pictures with him and his family, not just Gigi, but his whole family. He always looks very happy. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's a guy that's in bliss. He found Nirvana. And then him, along with other people that we shouldn't forget, who I'm sure are very productive, valued uh, members of society, they're all struck down, unfortunately. They are. Well, his stats in history is positioning, because there's obvious Dr. Julius Irving, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Magic, Bird. I mean, he's going to be a part of the discussion, and even LeBron James. Um, knowing that Kobe came in as a high school player, he didn't have a chance to attain the early stats in his career that say a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James does, because I remember a player named Eddie Jones, who was a wonderful guard for the Lakers. Right. Uh, he had that slot locked down already. So can you talk to us a little bit about your, what, where do you think he lines up in the lexicon of those greats? Kobe B. Bryant, where does he stack up? Well, shooting guard, he's number two. Um, and Michael Jordan, I believe is number one, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to me, and I kind of hedge here. I, I, I say that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. I think Kareem is the greatest big man of all time. Mm. Jordan's number one at the two spot. I would say Kobe's number two. And in defense of Kobe, I believe the difference between Kobe and then three, four, five, six, and seven down the line is actually pretty great. I really do because he is the closest thing to Michael Jordan Mm-hmm. And there are certain things he actually did a little bit better than Michael Jordan. I think one of them is creating tough shots, hitting tough shots. And he never had what I'd consider a great wingman like a Scottie Pippen. So basically when that ball got down 
and the shot clock started to run down. And this happened a lot, even with Shaq. Guys would give the ball to Kobe with like six seconds to go, and they'd be like, oh, my God, Kobe, create something, bail us out. So that's why his field goal percentage wasn't really that great all the time, but I thought it was very, very deceptive. Mm. And, you know, to me, Kobe, the fact that he could actually will teams, you know, let's go post Shaq. That first year they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the franchise was really in disarray, but he took a team full of cast-offs and very good role players mm-hmm. to above 40 wins in a very tough Western Conference. They're up 3-1 on the very good Phoenix Suns that had Steve Nash. And if they just grab one more offensive rebound in game five, they pull one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. And so that that's what I'll always remember about Kobe. I think he's absolutely – one of the greatest scorers of all time, made the all-defensive team numerous times. He's an incredible competitor. And so if there was never a Michael Jeffrey Jordan ever existed, you could say he's the greatest shooting guard of all time. Wow. So I I think he's up there. I mean, look, the problem with basketball is I I don't know if you can always just go by player, though, because there's a shooting guard, point guard, small forward, power forward, and then the five. You know, I've always said it's a little bit it's a little bit illogical to compare a power forward to a point guard, but mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, again, if you just go by two guards, uh, I would take him a little bit over Jerry West. I would take him over Clyde Drexler. Um, whatever two guards you want to go throughout history, I think Kobe matches up very favorably with just about any other one. How about that? Well, uh, you talk about polarizing and you talk about the complicated legacy that some people are discussing online and in public spheres, as I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, He had a mistake in his life, and I don't want to minimize it by uh, sort of pigeonholing it into uh, sort of a a minimalized discussion. I mean, Me Too has emerged uh, in the backdrop since that time period, and yet people want to remember his greatness. People want to remember championship number five that he got post Shaq, like you've been talking about, how he found the, what, the, how to incorporate the will to win with players who were somewhat subpar after Shaq left. But then again, when they got Pau Gasol, they became contenders again. And he's out there battling with Derek Fisher and Meta World Peace, and they win against the Celtics in game seven. Steve Kim, how can we appreciate all of that legacy, even the complicated parts, in the wake of this tragic uh, development? Well, that he's a human being, and that uh, he was a full-fledged three de- uh, three-dimensional being. And obviously, you know that situation in Colorado. He was accused of rape. It was settled, uh, I believe, in a civil suit. You know, you can't or shouldn't whitewash it, but at the same time. You know, it's interesting, DJ Rome. I'm watching this 30 for 30 on Michael Vick that ESPN produced two parts. Hmm. You know, look, do we judge Michael Vick on the dog kennel? Right. No, I, I, I don't. Look, it's a part of your history, but I don't think one mistake or even a series of mistakes should define you if you grow and evolve from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I look at Michael Vick today. I'm impressed by him as an individual. I think he's very contrite. He's made a penance. He despised our society. And he seemed like a very nice individual that's trying to do better. And I'm good with Michael Vick. I don't think we should hold everyone hostage for one thing here. Same with Kobe. And look, 
did Kobe have an issue with his wife after that? I still remember that press conference. Oh, yeah. It was very public where he laid himself down on the cross and had to yes. apologize to his wife. And But let me just tell you something. Every time I see Vanessa in those pictures the last four or five years, she seems very happy with Kobe. Come on now. At the end of the day, she's the one that has to marry him. She's the one that, that made the decision to stay with him. So, look, it's a part of his history. But I don't think it necessarily has to define him solely as an individual. And I guarantee you that if he had a chance to do that over again, he probably wouldn't. But I, I think that's the problem, that when, uh, when anyone dies of note, mm. there's, two forms, there's two extreme forms that happen here in terms of the attention it gets. Number one, certain people canonize individuals. They whitewash everything. They turn them into something they're not. Then there's the other part, which I think is equally as destructive and, not as, and just as illogical, is to harp on one or two incidents that completely take away from all the positive things they've done. There can be a happy medium that is very rational, that is very fair, and that is very accurate. Yeah, Colorado is a part of Kobe's history. But if you look at the full spectrum and scope of his activities and his contributions and the way he was towards people, I, I would still say it's overwhelmingly favorable, his legacy. And I think that's fair. Nobody is perfect. None of us. That's right. That's right. Well, what can you tell us about what you know about uh, any upcoming memorials? Uh, I'm sure Staples Center has something. Uh, what are your plans in terms of uh, being in attendance? Do you plan to go? I want to see if I can. Look, we all have stuff to do. Um, I know that throughout the week, right outside the L.A. Staples Center, became a makeshift memorial. The scenes have been great. Um, they have not made any public announcements in terms of how they're going to handle this just yet. Mm -hmm. I get the, and again, this will be up to Vanessa Bryant. I get the feeling she is um, the wife. I, ultimately, it's going to be her decision. I I don't know how she feels. I don't think anyone's really talked to her. Yeah. But she's devastated. I think we should all respect her wishes. But mm -hmm. I remember DJ Roman. The Lakers won that title in Orlando. Now that was Kobe's fourth ring. That was in two thousand nine. The victory parade actually ended at the Coliseum. I think we had over eighty five, ninety thousand people attend. Mm. And if you had a public memorial service for Kobe. For this particular tragic occasion, you probably get the same amount of turnout. I mean, this thing is at home. It's, it's amazing if you look at the sports world, outside of basketball and the NBA, just how much of an impact Kobe really had on a lot of different right. athletes. Right. You know, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about Staples and how packed it was when, say, Michael Jackson passed. And, of course, most recently, uh, the late great rapper Nipsey Hussle. But you're right. Uh, Kobe... Uh, I remember that parade and I remember that championship and the city is definitely going to have to make additional uh, safety concessions in order to make sure that's going to be an event uh, that people can attend safely. So you're absolutely right about that. Well, thank you for bringing that into our lens. Uh, where can people follow your work, Mr. Steve Kim? Uh, I'm here on um, Twitter and Instagram, same handle, uh, Steve. And the last, the second E was the capitalized with so Steve ESPN Kim. Got it. All right. Well, we'll continue to mourn Kobe Bryant. And thank you for joining us to share your thoughts on his legacy, Mr. Steve Kim. Absolutely, DJ Rome. You guys have a great day.